You're listening to Shalise's podcast. Here we go. All right. Well, Father, I thank you for February 2024, and I thank you for the gift of prophecy. I thank you for the prophetic uh, gift and grace that is on my life, and I thank you for the things that you've been showing me, the things that you've been teaching me, the things that you've been speaking over 2024, and specifically over February. I thank you, Father, that the times and seasons are uh, defined by you. And I thank you that we live in a realm that is outside of time and we bring your will into the earth in the timing and the season that you have ordained. And I thank you right now, Father, that this is a good day. It's a good day in the kingdom. It's a good day to be alive on planet earth. It's a good day to be partnered with the Holy Spirit and in union with Jesus to transform the seen and materialize the unseen. I thank you, Father, that this truly is a year that we are unstoppable, Father, that we will not quit, that we will learn to dominate the matrix, that we will learn to materialize and dematerialize matter. Thank you, God, that you are training us, Father, just the same way that Jesus trained his disciples to do the same works that Jesus did and even greater works than that than they did, than Jesus did, Father. I thank you that uh, we are not victims. We are not victims of the scene realm. We are not victims of circumstances. We are not victims of the storms of life. We are not victims to doctor's reports. We are not victims to, to unexpected bills. Father, I thank you that you have created us in your image, recreated us in Jesus Christ to dominate, that we have been translated from the kingdom of darkness and we have no fellowship with the works of darkness, that Father, we are releasers of the kingdom. We are enforcers of the victory of Jesus. I thank you that we are not the healed. Uh, We are not the sick trying to get healed, but we are the healed resisting sickness. We are not the poor trying to get rich, but we are the rich resisting poverty. We are just like Jesus as he is, so are we in this world. And so I thank you, Father, for just a dose of power being released to in today's podcast. I thank you, Father, that you are going to encourage, you are going to uh, strengthen, Father. You are going to confirm, you are going to correct, you are going to release vision and instructions, Father, and grace over this broadcast today. I thank you that everyone that's listening is here by divine appointment. And I thank you, Father, that they are going to get exactly what you have for them in today's broadcast. I thank you that while I'm speaking, Holy Spirit, you're going to be doing the teaching. You're going to be connecting the dots for people, Father. I thank you that you'll be translating my message and my words into an understandable language and uh, vocabulary that will make sense to them and their life experiences. I just thank you for practical application of today's word, Father. What's the point of the prophetic if it's not if it's not practical and applicable? So I just release the 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 grace of Jesus onto this, onto this broadcast today. And I yield right now, Father, think through my mind, organize my thoughts and make it clear, make it plain, make the gospel better news and make us recognize how much more powerful we are than we have believed and expand our uh, dominion, Father, and produce much fruit through each person that's listening today. In Jesus name, amen, amen, amen. Well, awesome, you guys. I am so happy that you are here. I have been sitting with, obviously, the word of the year since January. 
I feel like it's a very powerful word. Uh, the idea that this year God is saying, don't quit, be unstoppable, uh, learn to uh, manipulate and dominate the matrix, right? Uh, at, at the beginning of the year, I brought out my little, uh, my little avatars, my little, my little props. I brought out Neo and I brought out uh, the, the dude from Avatar. And then I brought out Yoda, right? Why? Because I was trying to make, give you guys some visuals to help you recognize just how powerful you are. And each one of those little, you know, figurines or whatever has a revelation in it. And if you sit with that or watch the movies, Avatar, or you watch Matrix, or you watch, you know, uh, the Star Wars series, you know, each of those has a spiritual revelation about the kingdom, about your uh, uh, the reality of that you are a speaking spirit, that you are inhabiting a physical body, but there's more to you than meets the eye. And so I started with a series in January called Unstoppable. And the next series that I'm going to start next week is going to be called Behold or, or Beholding. I haven't decided if it's going to be Behold or Beholding, but something like that. And so this word of the month just plays right into what I've already been teaching, what I've already been speaking over 2024. The word for February is called New Eyes. And if we are going to learn to manipulate and dominate the matrix, we are going to have to have new eyes. You guys, first of all, we're going to have to have eyes that see the dang matrix. We're going to have to wake up to the, to the deception of the seen realm as, as the real realm, as the, as what is reality. And we're going to have to rise to a higher perspective. We're going to have to elevate our perception and elevate our eyesight, if you will, so that we we rise above the, the world system. We rise above the scene realm and we begin to dominate it from a higher level. And so I actually kicked off this uh, whole concept in my Elevate content, uh, content for February. So if you have not jumped into Elevate, you guys, I very much, I very much recommend that you do. Uh, it takes these words of the month. I mean, God is telling a progressive revelatory story through the prophetic teaching that I'm bringing. And so the title of uh, the, the, the teaching for Elevate this month is called Doorways uh, of Perception, the Doorway of Perception. And so this word, if you're in Elevate, is going to piggyback and makes, you know, it's really going to even bring more clarity to what I'm already teaching in Elevate. But if not, it's going to be powerful because it is true. And the truth is that it is time. It is time for the body of Christ to rise up. And specifically, it is time for the assignment on my life, which part of that assignment is to teach the body of Christ how to materialize and dematerialize matter. Yep, you heard that right. That's part of my assignment. Uh, that's why one of my students brought me Yoda. <laughs> the Yoda was given to me as a gift. <laughs> I guess the joke was I'm Yoda. But truthfully, it is it is my assignment to help you learn how to uh, defeat the Death Star, right? It's to defeat death, to defeat poverty, to defeat the manifestation of hell here on the earth and release the manifestation of heaven. And we have been given enormous power through our union with Jesus. So let me hop in a little bit of, into this teaching. And I want to start with the uh, scripture that I feel like the Holy Spirit gave me that points to the need for us to have new eyes. Okay, it comes from 2 Corinthians 4, verse 4. It's from the ESV version. That's what I'm reading from here. And it says, 
Um, and maybe I'll read it in context, but let me just read it and then maybe I'll need to read it in context. But 2 Corinthians 4, 4 in the ESV says this, in their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. Okay, I'm going to read it in a couple of other translations just to give us some context here. Uh, let me pull it up. That's again in 2 Corinthians 4.4. 4. And this is the amplified classic version of that scripture. It says, uh, let me just read in verse three. It says, but even if our gospel, the glad tiding, tidings also be hidden, obscured and covered up with a veil that hinders the knowledge of God, it is hidden only to those who are perishing and obscured to those who are spiritually dying and veiled only to those who were lost. Verse four, for the God of this world has blinded the unbelievers minds that they should not discern the truth, preventing them from seeing the illuminating light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image and likeness of God. Okay, let me just get a real simple version here. Let me just pull it up in the NIV. And it says this, verse four, the God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. And so what I want to uh, propose to you today is that there is a global problem. And when, when this scripture talks about unbelievers, I get that it means those that don't have not, you know, heard the gospel, those that don't know Jesus. But I want to tell you, there's a lot of unbelieving believers. There's a lot of unbelievers that go to church every single Sunday and believe that Jesus is the Messiah. So an unbeliever to me is someone who is believing a lie, right? That is an unbeliever. And so for today, what I want to talk about is this need to get new eyes because the God of this world is, is blinding. It, there's been a blindness that has infected the planet, okay? And that blindness entered at the fall. That blindness entered when Adam and Eve ate the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. I know the scripture said that their eyes were opened, but guess what happened? Their eyes were closed and they became blinded to spiritual reality and they became uh, blinded to uh, anything other than the sense realm, the physical realm. And so Jesus came, as we know, to restore sight to the blind, right? He talks about how the spirit, you know, he says, you know, he starts his ministry coming out of the wilderness. He says, you know, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor, right? And to restore sight to the blind. That's in Luke chapter four. And so Jesus came to restore sight to the blind. And there is a very powerful example of these, of this new sight, these new eyes being given to the apostle Paul in uh, the book of Acts that to me is a great example of how Jesus has to restore our sight, how we have been blinded because of the fall by the world system, by a system that, that exalts the seen realm over the reality of heaven. And we, we, for the most part, grope around blind. We have blind leaders leading the blind rather than operating with enlightened eyes and new eyes that see the unseen and operate from that realm to bring the unseen to the scene. So we are now it's like a lot of people are just trapped in the scene realm, trapped in their emotions, trapped in their fallen thoughts, the, their intellect, rather than seeing with new eyes, perceiving with spiritual perception and dominating the scene realm 
through their union with Jesus, operating as a son of God with words. And we'll talk about that, but we are here to dominate the scene realm, not be a victim of the scene realm. So let's go over to uh, the, the scripture that talks about Saul, okay, I just talked about Luke chapter 4, 18, when Jesus said that he came to restore sight to the blind. But let's go over to Saul now, and let's go over to Acts chapter 9. So in Acts chapter 9, we know the story. Paul is on the way to Damascus. Now, he has orders from the church leaders. He's been persecuting and killing Christians. And this bright light shines around Paul, and Jesus speaks to him. Okay, let's read the uh, account of that in Acts chapter nine. It's in Acts nine. We'll start reading probably in around verse three. Let me pull it up. Here's what it says. I'm in the NIV. It says in verse three, as he neared Damascus on his journey, journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Okay. Who's this voice? Well, we know this voice. Paul says, who are you, Lord? Saul asked. And he says, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. Now get up and go into the city and you will be told what you must do. It says the men traveling with Saul stood there speechless. This is interesting. They heard the sound, but they did not see anyone. Okay, Saul got up from the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he could see nothing. Okay, so here Paul was blinded to the scene realm. This light shined. And he was blinded. Now, see, it's like to me, this is the opposite of what was happening uh, over in First uh, Second Corinthians four four, where the God of the world has blinded the, the the eyes of the unbelievers. Right. So light was shining, and Paul was actually getting new eyes. The curse was being undone in his life. Jesus was restoring his sight, which meant he was physically blinded. Okay, so there was this undoing of his physical dominated senses. There was this light that was shining, the light of the glorious gospel, which Paul wrote about in 2 Corinthians 4.4. 4. Now, it says, Saul got up from the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he could see nothing. So they led him by the hand into Damascus. So think about this. They are leading him. He is literally blind. And it says, for three days, he was blind and he did not eat or drink anything. So he's, I mean, fasting, not eating, not drinking. And it says, in Damascus... The, there was a disciple named Ananias. Okay, so in the city of, of Damascus, there was a disciple named Ananias and the Lord called to him in a vision. Ananias, okay, he says, yes, Lord. He says, the Lord told him, go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man, Taurus, named Saul, for he is praying. So now we know that Paul is three days blind. He's eating, he's drinking, and he's praying. And he says, in a vision, so Saul was now having a vision of Ananias. It says, in a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias come and place his hands on him to restore his sight. So Paul, blinded now, is now in the realm of visions, getting very specific information from Jesus about what is about to happen. The Lord is showing him the future, the way Jesus said it would happen in John 16. He said, when the Holy Spirit comes, he will not speak of himself, but whatsoever he hears. And he says, and he will show you the future. So that's the Holy Spirit is now revealing this stuff to Paul. He's blind, totally blind, but he's getting instructions. And verse 13, Lord Ananias says, so Ananias is a little concerned about this vision. He says, I have heard many reports about this man and all the harm he has done to your holy people in Jerusalem. And he has come here with authority from the chief priests to arrest all who call on your name. 
But, but the Lord said to Ananias, so Jesus says this, he says, go, this man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings and to the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. It says, then Ananias went to the house and entered it. Placing his hands upon Saul, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here. So basically, Ananias knows the whole story. No one's told him a thing, but he knows what happens to Paul, and Paul's expecting him to get there. Talk about operating with new eyes. Talk about living at another realm that is completely independent of the sense realm. Okay. This is possible, beloved. In fact, this is the way that we dominate and manipulate the matrix. This is how we are designed to live. We are designed to live from the realm of revelation and conversations and visions from Jesus Christ. And we are to do what is being revealed to us by the spirit of God, even knowing the future. Okay, this is how powerful the new birth is. This is how powerful it is to be a son of God. And yes, the God of this world has blinded our minds. But guys, guess what? The light is shining. And even through today's broadcast, the light is shining. And the eyes of your understanding are being enlightened. And you are getting keen awareness and keen eyesight of spiritual reality. And I'm releasing you into encounters that not only reveal the future, but give you the strategy of how to get there, what to say, what to speak, and the specific directions. Guys, we are not, we do not have to grope around around in the dark. We do not have to fly without with without um, uh, instrumentation, okay? N- because we have spiritual eyes. Jesus has given us new eyes. So here's here's the, the details that Ananias says. He says um he says this to Paul, brother Saul, the Lord, he saw them, uh, brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here, he has sent me so that you can see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Wow. That's such good news. Look at how Paul got converted. <laughs> such a supernatural conversion. And verse 16, it says immediately something like scales fell from Saul's eyes and he could see again. He got up and he was baptized. And after taking some food, he regained his strength. Man, this talk about a supernatural conversion. But not only that, a supernatural enlightening of Paul's eyes. Doesn't it make sense that he would pray for the church at Ephesus now that the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of God and the knowledge of Jesus Christ would be granted unto them and that the eyes of their understanding would be enlightened so that they would know the hope of their calling. Why is Paul praying that for the church at Ephesus? He's praying that at the church uh, for the church of Ephesus because that's what he experienced on the road to Damascus. And beloved, that is what I am praying and declaring over you today, that the scales will fall from your eyes and that the scene where you will be blinded. I don't mean physically blind. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not praying physical blindness over you, but I am praying that the scene realm, that you will get new eyes, that the sight of, of, of Jesus Christ, that you will get Jesus's eyes to see the unseen realm so that you can operate as a son. You have been recreated in Christ for good works. Okay, let's go there. In Ephesians 2.10, it says this in the Amplified Version, which I really love. It says, and I'm going to sing it, say it in like I'm saying it over you. Okay, I'm not going to read it the way it's written. I'm going to read it about you. It says, for you are God's own handiwork, his workmanship. Some pe- some translations say his masterpiece. You are God's masterpiece, one of a kind, rare, 
no one else on the planet has ever been or will ever be like you. You are a masterpiece. You are a treasure. Okay. And you have been recreated in Christ Jesus, born anew, or some, some will say born from above, right? So that you may do good works, which God predestined, planned beforehand for you, taking paths, which he prepared ahead of time that you would walk in them, living the good life that he prearranged and made ready for you to live. Okay. Now, why am I sharing this scripture? Because you are a new creation. You have been recreated in Christ. Now you were let me just talk about this created in God's image. Okay. Now we know that that was the original, uh, how Adam and Eve were originally created, right? God created them both in his image. He created them male and female. You know, that's from Genesis 1 27. He created mankind in his own image in the image of God. He created the male and female. He created them. Okay, but guess what happened to that image? It got distorted at the fall and their eyesight got stolen. Okay, but guess what? You've been recreated in Christ as a new creation and your eyesight has been restored. And now you are the exact image of God because Jesus is the exact image of God. Jesus is the, the, uh, the revelation of the image of God, and he is the exact representation of the image of God. And through your oneness and your union with him, guess what? So are you. Now, your minds just simply needs to be renewed to that truth so that you can function in the image of God. You are more powerful I don't even have a word to describe your power. I don't have a word that's descriptive enough to describe how powerful you are. You have the exact same equipment of God. Okay. God who said, let there be light, who, who shined the light out of darkness in the beginning is who is living in you. Jesus, who was raised from the dead, who walked on water, who uh, changed water to wine, who spoke to a fig tree, who healed the sick, who raised the dead, who raised Lazarus from the dead. That is whose image you are. You are being conformed into the image of Jesus Christ. And so we're not being conformed to the image of the world, to the image of the fall, to the, to the pattern of a religious system, to the pattern of a world system. No, we are being renewed in our minds and being transfigured into the perfect image of God. And there is a whole new way of operating. There's a whole new way of seeing. There's a whole new way of sensing. There's a whole new way of perceiving. There's a whole new way of operating. And it's from a revelatory realm Okay, it's a revelatory discernment realm where you are seeing the unseen and you are dominating the scene, just exactly like Jesus, just exactly like Papa. Okay, so if you are created, recreated in Christ to do good works, well, first of all, we need to recognize that work in the kingdom is not toil. Okay, work in the kingdom is creative and we are designed to work in partnership with Jesus in the Holy Spirit and Papa and take the original mandate that Adam and Eve messed up 
and complete it. We are the body of Christ. We are here to make the earth look like heaven. We are here to bind what shouldn't be here and we are to loose heaven here. Okay, the authority to uh, bind and loose is here on earth. And we have been given Jesus's name and we have been given the authority and the mandate to go into all the world, to preach the gospel, to make disciples of all nations so that what? All the earth will, it will be on earth as it is in heaven. So we have this original mandate to make the earth like heaven. We are continuing the ministry of Jesus and the apostles here. So we know that God created everything that is seen with words. So words are the governing force of the universe. I'm going to say it again. Words are the governing force of the universe. And guess what? Our eyes and our mouths are attached. We will either speak what we see in the natural or we will speak what we see in the spirit. Okay. A double-minded man does both. Okay. Meaning says what's in the natural, says what's in the spirit, says what's in the spirit, says what's in the natural. And guess what happens? The more that we, what we say is what we'll have. So let me just expand on this a little bit. So these new eyes that we've been given, why are they so important? Truthfully, it's because God wants our tongues. That's why Paul was filled with the Holy Spirit. He got new eyes and he was filled with the Holy Spirit. Those two things, why? Because there's new words that are gonna come out and are going to create. There's new words that are gonna be shared. In fact, the words that Paul shared are still written in the book and we're still eating those words today, those Holy Spirit inspired words. Words are powerful. Words are creative. Death and life, in fact, increase and decrease are in the power of the tongue. So God created everything with words. Genesis 1.1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now we know that Jesus is the word. Jesus was the creative one in the beginning. If you look in Colossians 1.15, not only is Jesus the, the restored image of the invisible God, it says him here, for by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. He is before all things and in him all things hold together. So in the beginning, the father was saying, let there be light. And Jesus was the word in the beginning that God was speaking. Words and the voice of God is, is the incarnate Jesus, but it's also the words that God is still speaking right now through us. So it says this, uh, let's go here. So Hebrews 11.3, by faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. Okay, now what I want to stop here for a moment, and I want us to just take a little bit of an inventory of our words. I want us to think about what we've actually been speaking in the last 30 days or even just in the last week. Okay, and I want you to think about what you have been speaking. Have you been speaking increase? Have you been speaking what you want? Have you been speaking the problem? Have you been ruminating over the problem? Or have you been uh, seeing the end 
from the beginning and seeing it as finished? Have you been focused on what you're creating in the unseen realm and speaking into existence? Or are you just propagating more of what you're already seeing in the, in the, in the natural? Are you speaking sickness? Are you speaking doubt? Are you speaking uh, lack? Or are you speaking abundance? Are you speaking uh, to uh, the lack? Are you speaking to the illness? Are you are you blessing things or are you cursing things? Now, I have shared testimony after testimony of how this has worked in my life. I have been healed by my words, uh, my spirit-inspired words, by the word of God, by the scriptures that I've spoken in my mouth, you know, whether it was God's not given me a spirit of fear, but a power of love and a sound mind, uh, whether it was... Uh, that he makes the barren woman to be the joyful mother of children and keep house. Okay. Whether it's been, uh, I mean, uh, just Christ in you, the hope of glory. I mean, as I have gotten a hold of spirit, spirits, words, inspired words that are written in scripture, I have seen the, tra- the, the, the scene realm transformed. Why? Because this is spiritual law. We were designed to dominate the matrix. We are designed to be creative. We are made in the image of God and this is working Day and night, day and night, day and night, it's working. I've been sharing a lot of principles about quantum physics. Why? Because I want you to know that science is now proving what scripture has already said, that that creation is conscious and it does respond to human observation. It does respond to our words. There have been experiment after experiment about the power of our words. Now, some people don't like this teaching. Why? Because it means that they have to take responsibility for their mouth. And uh, Wow, that was a strong statement. But guess what? If you aren't responsible for your words, who is? Who is responsible for your words? Who is responsible for your thoughts? Who is responsible for your feelings? I get it that feelings are frustrating at times. I get it that they they link us and trap us into the seen realm. But beloved, we have not, we've been given feelings, but we haven't been designed to be led by our feelings. Jesus had feelings. He wept, he got angry, you know, he turned over the money changers in the temple like Jesus had feelings, but it did not disconnect him from what the father was doing. And it didn't change what he was speaking. He was still speaking words of life. He was still speaking what the father was doing. And so we have to learn, we have to grow up and we have to govern ourselves. If we cannot govern ourselves, if we cannot govern our feet, whoa, if we cannot govern our feelings, if we cannot govern uh, our, our ourselves, then guess what? We will have a hard time governing creation. We will have a hard time governing the, the seen realm with the unseen realm because frankly, we're trapped in the seen realm. It's what the scriptures calls we are carnal. And I'm not saying this to, 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 to condemn anyone. I mean, we all struggle with this, but it is, I still have to tell you the truth, right? There's a a very powerful scripture that says in Proverbs 6, 2, that we are snared by the words of our mouths and we are taken by the words of our mouths. See, the enemy just can't come in and kill, steal, and destroy. Now we're, he's not that powerful. Why? Because the human body is the, is, is a technological wonder. Okay. This is the technology that God created to govern the earth. And that's why the enemy must work through human beings. That's why 
The enemy wants control of your body, just like the Holy Spirit wants control of our body. That's why we're the temple of the Holy Spirit. We're to yield our bodies as living sacrifices. We're to yield as living instruments of righteousness. Why? Because the human body is powerful, right? The frequencies that we put out, the thoughts that we think, the, the, what we focus on, whether it's unseen or seen, the words that we speak, these are powerful creative forces that God created the human body to actually use to govern creation. God's intent was not that the enemy became the God of this world. That title was reserved for men. It was reserved for Adam and Eve. Adam just gave it away when he ate of the sense knowledge tree. He gave it away when he ate of the, the, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. But beloved, it's time to get it back. It's time to operate with new eyes. It's time to operate with the words that speak life. And I get it. The temptation is to speak what you see in the natural. The temptation is to speak the problem. But we need to resist. We need to submit our will to God, resist the enemy, and he will flee. If he came to Jesus to tempt him, trust me. Trust me, Jesus was hungry, right? He's hungry and, and he's coming right at that point of weakness. You know, if you are the son of God, turn these stones into bread. It was this, it was a trial. It was a test. Did Jesus know who, who he was? Was he going to step out of operating in union with God? What was he going to say? And Jesus said, it is written. He resisted with it is written. And in the same way, guys, we have to put a guard over our mouths by the grace of God, with the help of the Holy Spirit. But we have to come up higher. These new eyes are designed to be connected to our new tongues. And if you don't know what to say, pray in tongues. If you if you can't speak the truth, speak in tongues. Speak, speak, speak something that is that is not the problem or just shut up. Don't say a word, right? Put a guard. Don't let a, the enemy get use your words. Don't let the enemy use what you are focusing on to snare you and trip you up, okay? Now, um, let's talk about how we operate like this. I've talked about this. You are a speaking spirit. You have an earth suit. You have a physical body. You are, you're given this technological wonder that is fearfully and wonderfully made that interacts with creation. But the real you is a speaking spirit. Okay. The Tower of Babel was a problem because they were of one imagination, one language, and they were attempting to build something that was, you know, exalt themselves. It was the nature of the enemy getting expressed through their unity. Okay. So God confounded their language, confounded their tongues. And then guess what? On the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter two, the Holy Spirit got control of the human tongue again through the gift of tongues, through praying in the spirit. And so now we have the ability to speak and say what God is saying. And so I always talk about this connection between our eyes and our tongues. I'm calling this teaching new eyes because if you don't have new eyes to see, if the eyes of your understanding are not enlightened, well, then you will continue to be trapped in the seen realm. But the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of God, the spirit of revelation opens up your eyes. It, op it enlightens your eyes. The gospel is light that shines in your eyes so that you can see what doesn't exist in the seen realm, but is absolutely the governing reality. 
And so as you reconnect your, your tongue <laughs> to your new eyes and you see and you say what you are seeing, okay, that's why tongues and interpretation is so powerful because why? I'm speaking, speaking, speaking in a language I don't understand. My mind is unfruitful. But then when I interpret it by just simply asking, okay, let me interpret what I'm saying. Well, now I can see, quote unquote, I can see what I'm saying. And the same is true of visions where you can see the instructions and then act in accordance and say what Jesus has said. We are designed to operate with these new spiritual senses so that we are not snared by the words of our mouths and we are not speaking death, but we're speaking life, right? And like the rudder on a ship, our words can turn any situation around. It's not too late. Don't, don't listen to the enemy. It's not too late. It doesn't matter you know, if you're in the lion's den, it doesn't matter if you're, you know, about to be shot. Like it, 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 you still have a word of life to come out of your mouth. Like you can turn that situation around. Now in, I want to see this Romans 4, 17, see the way God operates is he does not speak the problem. He calls things that be not as though they are, as though they were, meaning he calls the things in the spirit realm as though they already existed. This is, he calls people by different names, right? He says his word does not return void. It does, it accomplishes exactly what he sends it out to, to do. He has an integrity in his speech. There is no division. There's not a divided heart. It's what we call a single eye. God's eye is single. And so therefore filled with light. And so we need to get to that space, guys, where we have really, I don't know if you want to say studied this. I don't know if it's that you, you, you meditate on this. I don't know if you need to just hear it over and over again, but I will tell you the stealing of our words is one of the primary ways that the enemy comes in and he does it primarily through doubt. Okay. Doubt is the nature of the enemy. He brings doubt in right? Accusation and doubt. And so he brings that doubt in. And what is the doubt? The doubt is to say, look at the wind and the waves. It's to look here at the scene realm. Look at the doctor's appointment, the doctor's report. Look at the symptoms. Look at the balance in your bank account. Look at those bills. See, that's real. All this speaking stuff, mm, that doesn't work. No, mm -mm, mm -mm, that doesn't work. No. And so he gets you to doubt that it works. And then guess what? You start speaking doubt. You start speaking it. And in Mark eleven twenty three, 23, it says, whosoever shall say to this mountain, be cast in the sea and does not doubt in their heart will have whatever they say. So doubt is a really powerful strategy. It's what brought Adam and Eve down. So the doubt, it's like, whoa, we need to doubt that out. We need to say, no, 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 no. I will not be snared by the words of my lips. Death and life are in the power of my tongue and I speak life. I speak life to my body, life to my finances, life to my family. My body is blessed. My finances are blessed. I am increasing more and more. Me and my children increases my inheritance and it's happening now. My bank account is going up, 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 up and away. Doors of opportunity are opening to me. Men are giving to me, uh, giving to my bosom. I'm giving and they're giving it back right? I am a channel for God's wealth. I'm a channel for God's health. I walk in divine prosperity. I walk in divine health. Whoa, whoa. And when you say those words, I know I'm like getting whacked by the Holy Spirit. Why? Because the Holy Spirit confirms it. 
It's like you start speaking the truth and you may not stay and you may not start in that place, right? Doubt may be overtaking you. The accuser may be, you may be under it. The devil may be in your face, but let me tell you what, you stick with it. And so whatever you need to do, you know, God told Joshua to meditate on the word, the words he'd spoken day and night. So getting a revelation of the power of your words and the powerful, the power of new eyes is something that we need to meditate on. It's something that it has to become your revelation. Okay, because the your words will be tested, right? In Mark chapter four, it talks about how the sower sows the word, that words are seeds. And that, you know, sometimes the seeds go on rocky soil. Sometimes they they don't even get into the soil. They don't even take any root, right? And then other times they're tested with the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches. And then it says, but those that are on good soil produce 30, 60, and 100 fold. Words are seed. Jesus was the word. He was a seed. He is a seed. So this concept of words being uh, planted in the, uh, you know, in the unseen realm and then producing fruit in the seen realm is all throughout scripture, Not only is what we observe manifesting, but what we're observing is what we'll speak. And the power of our words are so, so, so very powerful. Speaking in the name of Jesus, let me tell you, there is no other name above the name of Jesus. When you have a revelation that in all of creation responds to that name, let me tell you, creation will respond. It will respond. Jesus is actually Lord. Jesus is actually who he says he is. He's holding all things together. So it's Jesus speaking to Jesus. It's Jesus manifesting Jesus in whatever it is that you are speaking to. Uh, Anything else that you want me to share here, Holy Spirit? Well, in case you're wondering, God's will for you is prosperity and health. Third John 2 says, Beloved, I pray above all things that you would prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. And so soul prosperity, uh, actual prosperity, health, these are the will of God. This is what Jesus has provided for you. He's provided heaven. Now we are in partnership with him to walk out those good works, those supernatural things, those miracles that God has ordained for us to, to walk in. And so when you are in need of a miracle, don't get under accusation. When you are in need of a miracle and you need uh, a mountain to move, don't get under doubt. Don't think, oh, my own idiot, you know, I got myself into this situation or, oh, I shouldn't be in this situation or get ashamed of the situation. No, this is an opportunity. Jesus wasn't ashamed when he led, you know, all those people out into the wilderness and preached to them and then they didn't have any food, right? Jesus was like, oh, okay, they're hungry. We'll feed them. It's like, oh, there's a need here. Oh, we need to do some miracle. Oh, we have taxes. We have taxes to pay. Oh, I'm not going to come under condemnation because I hadn't paid my taxes. No, he said, just go fishing. There's a fish, there's a, a, a coin in the fish's mouth. So condemnation and speaking are not going to marry one another. You have got to step into righteousness, needing a miracle or needing, I mean, this is what we do. And if it's not for you, it's going to be for somebody else because somebody else is in trouble. Somebody else needs a financial miracle. Somebody else needs a healing. So we are going to just be speaking spirits, speaking to mountains forever. Like this is what we do. Why? It's because it's how God talks. He just calls things that be not as though they are. And so beloved, these new eyes, it's time for the scales to fall off our eyes so that we can see this revelation and we can begin to speak the things that God wants to speak through us into creation and to observe with our new eyes what God is observing. We are doing this in union with Jesus, but I will tell you, this mind of ours has to be renewed. Uh, it, it will... 
I mean, just by default, it will just go to all the programming that you've been told, taught and taught and taught. But beloved, there is a a higher perception. We can wake up, we can step into the spirit and we can we can receive visions. We can operate the exact same way that Paul and Ananias were, worked, uh, operated. They had mutual visions of each other and then saw the will of God come to pass because they both saw it. Like that seems like such a far-fetched thing sometimes to us when it actually, this is the normal way that when we are called into ministry, that we are called into our calling, that we function. You, the apostle Paul does not have something that you haven't been given. Why? Because it was Jesus that was unveiled in the apostle Paul. And guess what? That's who's being unveiled in you. So beloved, seeing with new eyes, getting new eyes, getting a higher perspective, reconnecting your mouth to your spiritual eyesight, praying in the spirit, creating, uh, with your words, sticking with it when trial and tribulation and the deceitfulness of riches or the cares of this world, like standing fast, not being deceived, staying awake, right? With enlightened eyes. That's what God is speaking. If we're going to learn to dominate the matrix and we're going to learn how to manipulate it this year, then we're going to do so with a new level of perception, a higher level of seeing with new eyes so that we can speak. We can speak things into existence the same way that Jesus did, the same way that the father did, the same way that people all throughout the Bible did, whether it was Elijah saying it wasn't going to rain, like this is all throughout scripture. We are going to create with our words. We are going to be prophetic. The Holy Spirit is going to show us the future. We're going to agree with the future and we're going to speak the future into existence. And when you are confused or when you are in doubt, zip it, pray in the spirit, worship, just resist the temptation to start speaking the problem. And beloved, as you get this revelation and come up higher, as you meditate on this, this will become a default way that you function. And when you are under pressure, guess what's going to come out of your mouth? The word of God. Guess what's going to come out of your mouth? Whatever God is saying. And it will be a new level of victory because it's a new level of speech and it's a new level of perception. So God bless you. It's a, a, this is a a word, a word for me. It's a meat word today. Uh, And it may not be new revelation, but I'll say this, unless you're operating in this, it's still not a complete revelation. So this is something that you go back to as many times as you need to. We need to hear this and hear this and hear this because it's so easy to just be trapped in the scene realm and start speaking what we see instead of start, start speaking what we want and speaking what we are creating. So God bless you. It's going to be an awesome supernatural February as you step into this revelation and come out of the blindness and the deception that the enemy is using against us. And causing us to operate against ourselves and be snared by our own words. So God bless you. I love you. And we'll see you soon. Thanks for listening to Shalisa's podcast. This recording is, in part, made possible by our listeners. To partner with us, visit Shalise.com, where you can donate and help us spread the good news of our unshakable union with Christ around the globe. You can also find a link there to download Shalise's book, the path for free. And if you're ready to discover the call of God on your life and the purpose he created you for, then visit us at shalice.com and watch Shalice's free training 
where you'll hear five keys to hearing God about your life purpose and transitioning into it. Thanks again for listening. Until next time, don't forget, the world needs the Christ in you.